Black Doctors Podcast. This week, we are going to hear from a couple different voices. First, a conversation with Dr. Bianca Bush, the college psychiatrist. We're talking about setting goals and New Year's resolutions, and she always brings such a unique perspective. And then we're going to wrap up with a conversation with Dr. Nate Jones. He's our co-host. He was supposed to join our initial conversation. However, as you know, there was a huge snowstorm that hit the uh, the north and the northeast in the last couple of weeks, and it knocked out his power. So he was kind of sitting there in the, in the cold and in the dark and wasn't able to join our conversation. But he still wanted to share some thoughts and advice and always a lot you can learn from him. So you'll you'll hear him at the end of the episode. And uh, without further ado, we'll jump right into it. Welcome back to the show. This year, we want to start off right. We want to talk about New Year's resolutions, how you can set goals, attain those goals, achieve those goals. So we have returning with us, Dr. Bianca Bush, the college psychiatrist. She's always a wealth of information. And we're so excited that you're back with us. Yeah, glad to be here. Thank you. Awesome. So Dr. Bush or Bianca, question for you. Do you normally set New Year's resolutions? I do. And I'm probably like a lot of people where I set them and then by like January 15th or maybe even February 1st, <laughs> I'm not accomplishing them. So I'm trying to have a different strategy this year. On some things, they do just take time. But yeah, I do set resolutions. And yeah, sometimes they work and sometimes they don't. Yeah. Sometimes I do. And then I do find like my resolutions tend to be like the same from year to year, which I guess is not the way it's supposed to work, but that's what keeps happening. Well, wait, I'm curious about that. When you say they're the same from year to year, do you feel like you make progress on them bit by bit? Or it's like, okay, now this year I'm really going to do this thing that I said I was going to do. Yeah, I think maybe I don't have set endpoints or deliverables. So it's like, oh, finances, I'm going to get my finances in order, which is mm-hmm. ongoing task, mm-hmm. personal growth, or I want to read books. I don't know if that's a new resolution. I want to read more books this year. Mm-hmm. And then every year I read more books. I'll get better with music and do. So I don't know. It's just a kind of recurring theme of the same resolution. So I don't know if I'm mm-hmm. doing it right. How do you feel about it? I feel good. So sometimes I don't even make okay. resolutions. I just jump uh-huh. out there and, and see what yeah. the new year brings. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Uh, I think that's like a good question about doing it right or like accomplishing. Do you accomplish what you set out to accomplish? Yeah. Th- this year I did. So I tried to be more specific. So one of my resolutions is to actually learn how to play jazz. And I mm. bought an online course that I've accessed twice now. And <laughs> So by December, I should be able to see progress. And then the other actionable item is just growth and metrics with the podcast. There's some numbers that I want to get the show to pick up yeah. some sponsors and then really yeah. invest and grow. So I guess, so we'll see at the end of this year, what 2024 yeah. looks like. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. I obviously have lots of professional things that I want to do, but I'll, we'll talk about an approach that I think I want to take this year and sometimes I'll take with patients. And I want to just have like a value drive what I do this year. And I want to have more fun. I want to have more fun. That is something. A a value drive? Yeah, right. So I am going to take this approach. So 
we probably somewhere in our training will have someone come to us and talk about making SMART goals, right? Using that acronym SMART goals. And I like, I can't even remember what it all stands for, but it's achievable goals and you're breaking it down into steps and you're breaking it down into how do you get there and then making it something that's reasonable to achieve. And that's an awesome way of getting things done. But there's a particular type of therapy called ACT and it's acceptance and commitment therapy. And it's a branch Mm -hmm. of CBT cognitive behavioral therapy. And it's really a different approach, right? There are many aspects of ACT, but one of the key aspects is a values definition. And so really thinking about values driving your actions and making things happen as opposed to specific goals. And Hmm. the creators of ACT think this approach is helpful because when you set goals and you don't achieve them, it can really leave you feeling defeated, like you haven't achieved, like you have like all these negative things, right? Like, gosh, I just, I didn't get, I didn't lose that 20 pounds that I said at the beginning of this year, I was going to lose that 20 pounds, right? But if you instead take the approach where you're thinking about values driving your action, you're always working towards something and it can be just much more satisfying. So if instead of saying, okay, I'm going to lose 20 pounds this year, you say, I'm going to consistently pursue good health. That can mean a lot of different things. So if I choose water instead of a Coke, that's in line with my values, right? And, and that's great. And so like all these things will hopefully add up to you losing that 20 pounds or just being in better health in general. But you feel more accomplished if you're doing, okay, I'm making this choice, right? I have two choices I can make. It doesn't even have to be so restrictive. I can eat the whole slice of pound cake or I can just eat half a slice. I'll make some slime of pound cake. <laughs> I made some slime of pound cake for the holidays and oh, it's so good. But you can say, okay, well, I have half a slice, so I have a whole slice. I'm going to be committed towards this value of achieving good health. And so yeah. when I think about it, first, I'm like, okay, I, I want to have more fun. I, I work hard. We all work very hard. And sometimes you can just get into working hard and forget to have fun. So Every day I'm thinking about that. What is, what's something that's going to give me joy and pleasure? Not even just big things. I would love to take some trips, but like, how can I find fun every day? How can I find fun more globally? I started a new show and it is like fun and intriguing. I think about when I'm playing with my son, like, yeah, this is fun. He says, run with me, mommy. I'm like, okay, this is fun. It's silly. (laughs) It's fun. So that's, I have other specific goals. Um, I have some other things, but I think a value that I'm really going to be leaning into one this year is like having fun. And so with this acceptance commitment therapy and this value driven Mm -hmm. format, are there deliverables Mm -hmm. for this? Yeah. So I actually, and I was going to ask you if you wanted me to give you something to link in the show notes. I'm happy to. I don't know if oh, absolutely. it's possible to do that. But. The links in show notes has about an 85% success rate from what I say happens in the episode and what ends up in the show notes, <laughs> but we'll make it happen. <laughs> okay. Well, listen, I'll send it to you, but anyone can contact Perfect. me to, to get it. But what there are so many different worksheets. And so when we think about values, I wish we could have visual, but there are a lot of different values. So what 
I will send is just a list of things that you can rank mm-hmm. from one, one to 10. Like what are your values? Things on here are like spirituality, freedom, calmness, friends, free time, relaxation, wisdom. Um, and those are the things that will drive the different areas of your life. So you're going to think about the things that are really important to you. And then from there, you can take those values into more specific areas of your life, right? So thinking about them hmm. with respect to if you're a parent, parenting, work, career, education, re- recreation, relaxation, community, citizenship, physical health, well-being, right? And then integrating those into those. Okay, so if I, one of my big values is one on here is power. What does that look like for my physical fitness goals? Right. Hmm. Maybe I, maybe weight loss isn't going to help me get to that value of power. Maybe it's really about getting strong and being able to lift more. These are just some examples. If power is a value that I have and I'm wanting to improve upon my work career education, you'd be thinking about, How do I position myself in a place of power? What are the things that I need to do to get there, right? So I can, I will send you this values worksheet where people can, yeah, think about what's important to you. And then what I would recommend for the self-exploration piece when you're putting this into the different areas of your life, I would recommend just thinking about one or two. We can get ambitious with our resolutions at the beginning of the year and say, okay, I'm going to lose 20 pounds. I'm going to get a promotion and I'm also going to find love in my life. <laughs> so all those things could happen. <laughs> they definitely they could. could, right? It can sometimes be helpful to focus on just a few things at a time and, and not 10. So I would say pick one or two and really let those lead your actions going into this year. You can always switch it up in the middle of the year. That's the wonderful thing about values, right? You see that power can go across those different domains. And that's the cool thing about values is that you can find aspects of those values in the different areas of your life. And if you just keep taking committed action towards those, it leads to satisfaction and change. I wonder, should there be specific times that you check in with yourself throughout the year and see what progress you're making? Yeah, sure. You could do monthly, quarterly. I think quarterly is nice because it gives you a little bit more time. We're all busy people. You can write these things down if you journal. Take a look back at that entry from January 10th, whatever day it is. Am I taking actions that are in line with these values? Am I taking actions that are not in line with these values? Do Mm -hmm. I need to make a change? Yeah. Yeah. And for me, it's been coming down to, I bought this online video course for jazz. And I watched the first two kind of segments, but when it comes to music, you you Mm. do your lessons and then you have to practice. So Mm. now I have, I'm tasked with carving out 30 minutes a day or 30 minutes a couple times a week to actually practice. So, so it's going to be an ongoing commitment. And yeah, I think that quarterly check-in will be very helpful to make sure I stay on that goal. How do you, how do you check that when you're wanting to practice 30s? Like, how do you, is it something you just lose? Like a couple, I did a couple of times a week. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, I live, I'm a chronic 
procrastinator. Uh, I've said this multiple times while I'm editing podcast episodes, like nine o'clock on a Sunday night because I get the episodes up by Monday morning. And so, yeah, usually it depends on my work schedule. So if I'm in the ICU that week, seven to seven, I don't have much time to to make music. And then the post-call week when I'm off, then I'll spend a couple hours during that week. But I do as part of this value-driven action I should mm-hmm. carve out some specific time. And like you mentioned, the, the value that goes along with that goal is mm-hmm. the... So that's something mm-hmm. I can work on. I was just thinking... Also, I want to say like to, to be easy on yourself. I think that quarterly check-in, it gives you more time to say, mm-hmm. I've done something versus a month, right? Some months you might be busier than others. So you may not be able to practice as often as you'd like. And some months you're going to have a lot more free time. So maybe looking quarterly will allow you to just have more time to see what you've done. And then, yeah, I just can't emphasize enough to be easy with ourselves as we're assessing, are we moving in line with these values? Are we doing what we want to do? Because we are all busy people. And I think we should give yourself a pat on the back just for taking any steps (laughs) in in the direction of your values. So yeah, quarterly could be good. And I wonder for people like we, we make new resolutions for ourselves, but is there mm-hmm. a role for involving our partners or other people in like joint goals or, or how should that, how should we approach that? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah. Uh, you can, it's on the sky's the limit. If you have a partner <laughs> who is interested in things getting better, absolutely. Maybe you guys commit to having specific time set aside for dates. Maybe you decide you're going to do couples therapy this year, a few sessions. Maybe you decide you guys are going to explore a new hobby together. You're going to learn how to play pickleball. You're going to anything like that, right? So yeah, I think that sounds fun. It's a great way to connect. You're going to finish a show. It can be anything. Uh, But I think that sounds like a great way to connect. I also think about professionally, professionally, friendships-wise, I'm just thinking about in my own life, right? So for the team that I have, we have a set number. We have things that we're moving towards, right? Our value for our brand is really to get more people, to get the word out about the importance of mental health for college students. And that is something that is driving us, right? So we're always, we're thinking about, okay, how can we communicate that better on our website? How can we communicate that better on our socials? How can we actually get into the community onto campuses and communicate this message? So definitely aligning professionally. Yeah, there are all sorts of ways to do this. And, and that's in your role as the college psychiatrist, which we right. have to talk about your visit every time you, yeah. you come because you do such an incredible work specifically targeting college students and mm-hmm. dealing with their mental health issues because you are a child and adolescent psychiatrist. Did I say, yes. I always mess it up. Yeah, child, no, that was perfect. That's it, child and adolescent. Okay. We, yeah. I didn't introduce you because you've been on the show so many times, but yes, Dr. Bianca <laughs> Bush, the college psychiatrist is a child and adolescent psychiatrist, which is yeah. why we tap into her expertise. This is not medical yes. advice, but she that's is right. an expert in the subject. And so with the goals, at some points, especially as kind of small business owners, yes, the Black Dinders podcast is under my company, Equihealth mm-hmm. Media, which currently just consists of an LLC that mm-hmm. I'm figuring out how to use. But as you grow and you've built this business, this practice, at some points, 
for these goal settings, you need somebody that knows a little bit more about how to set goals for a business. So how has that worked or helped you to get other resources to set goals for your business in the year? Oh, absolutely. As medical professionals or as MDs, doctors, DOs, physicians, we don't get a lot of business education if we get any in our training, right? We depending on your specialty, you might have a talk on private practice. You might have a rotation. Again, it depends on your specialty, but on the whole, there's so much that we don't know. Some people get MBAs and so then they're knowing a lot more. But if you have an MD with an MPH or maybe you're an MD PhD, you may not know how to run a business. So I have had to definitely lean on the expertise of others participating in the Goldman Sachs Black and Business Program where I learned just about running a business in general. Last year, hiring Chief Marketing Officer Rachel Hislop, who is amazing, because I realized marketing is like this whole animal. Mm -hmm. And everyone said, oh, just set up your shingle and like hang your shingle and the people will come. That's not the case. (laughs) Like, oh, you're a child and adolescent. Okay, just like you're going to be so full day one. Not the case. And so if no one knows about you, this is what they say in marketing. If no one knows about you, no one knows about you. So I really have had to bring Rachel in to have, take a holistic picture of the organization, really see where I'm wanting to go and then pull in her expertise. There's just things that I didn't know. KPIs that you, KPIs, key performance indicators that you should be tracking with everything with your social media. Like it's one thing to get a website up, but like who's coming to the website? Are people coming to the website? How are they getting there? Do we need to optimize our SEO? I could talk about this stuff for a long time, not a long time, like what I've learned so far, but even thinking about reach on social media. Are people liking, are they following, are they sharing, are they not? Is it your target demographic that's actually doing this, right? So, and that's a lot. For you to manage on top of taking care of patients, like it's enough to take care of patients, but then to think about all those things. So yes, it's really important to know when you can do things and know when you can't. And there's just certain things that people are going to do a lot better. And you got to know generally what they're doing, but yeah, there's so much. Awesome. We talked about personal life. We talked about business Mm -hmm. clinically. And I guess it ties into business, but for professional development, from an academic medicine perspective, for me, I actually reached out to Dr. Adam Milam, a good friend of mine, cardiac anesthesiologist at Mayo Clinic, prolific researcher. He's responsible for over half of the publications I have. And I I was actually just talking to him like, hey, these are, I felt like I've accomplished a lot of my academic goals and I need to set, I'm at the point where I need to set new ones. Mm. So I was talking to him. I was like, okay, well, how about I'll... I want to write five papers this year. And then uh, he he fires back a text that says, yeah, but you got to be first author on two of them. I'm like, oh, God. Um, so I, I've been able to set some academic goals. And this ties into yeah. kind of if I was looking at a values driven um, one, you know, affecting change in the area that I care about, which is medical ethics. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm really digging into artificial intelligence this year. And a lot of this stuff also ties into health equity, but having mentorship, having people that if mm. you want to be a better researcher, then you got to collaborate 
with mm-hmm. somebody who's already writing papers, they can plug you in. So uh, how important is that, that mentorship piece in attaining some of these goals or, or resolutions? It's so important because you need someone who can see your potential, number one, who can see your potential beyond what you can see. You also need someone who has a greater skill set than you do. And that's also part of seeing your potential, right? That allows for growth. There's also an accountability piece to that too, right? So now you've told, they've told him, I want to write five papers and he's not going to forget that, right? And he also said, and you need to be first author, right? Yeah. So there's accountability. um, There's the wisdom. There's them being able to, again, see your potential even more than you can see. And then there's also something to either mentors or experts not seeing the task at hand as either difficult or unattainable. Because when I talk to Rachel about, I would love to have the college psychiatrist coping kits. Like, wouldn't it be cool if they were on Oprah's favorite things list? Okay, that's like super ambitious. Or wouldn't it be cool if like we had a a feature or even a small something in essence? I'm like, oh, that seems so far away. I don't know anyone that, I don't even know how you get access to that. And she's like, oh yeah, that's no problem. That's just a matter of, right, exactly, exactly. That's the face that I was like, what do you mean no problem? She's And one thing that she told me, and this is something we don't know if you're not in marketing, that all of these lists and all of these things, it's just about someone being your mouthpiece and saying, hey, do you need an expert to talk about this? And then hmm. just serving you on a platter. So that's not so, that's that's something I thought, oh, this is pie in the sky. And she's thinking, this is totally achievable. So to have to bring someone with expertise who can say, oh yes, this is something we can do. Or, oh, that sounds like a great goal. Let's start working towards it. Really important for growth and for you not only achieving your goals, but setting new ones and setting more ambitious ones. Fantastic. I always, ever since our days in residency, because yes, we did attend a residency back at the University of Chicago together. That's where we first met. Always have been fantastic to talk to. You never charged me. I always felt like it was free therapy <laughs> sessions. So <laughs> at some point, I don't know, maybe I'll get a bill in the mail or something. But no, Bianca, no. thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for for joining. You've come on quite a few times. I look forward to having you on the show in the future. So glad to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Happy New Year. Good luck with your uh, resolutions. Okay, thanks. Yeah, we'll have to check in about them halfway through the year, quarter of the way through the year. I'm going to see how... I'm sure you'll be posting some of your jazz at some point on your socials. (laughs) Yep, and then we will include that worksheet you mentioned in in the show notes. We'll include a link. Yes. Okay, fantastic. Perfect. Hello, hello, and Happy New Year. Hey, everyone. This is Nate Jones. I am one of the producers for the podcast, and also I help with writing in the, in the behind the scenes. But Stephen asked me to do this. So I'm going to do it. Um, so for a lot of us, with the start of the new year, it brings so much new energy and new thoughts and a time of like reflection of the past year and like where we want to see ourselves in the year to come. 
Um, so what I want to share are some of the things that like I think about, how I think about goals, um, how I figure them out, how I achieve them or how I don't achieve them. Um, and maybe that resonates with you as you sit with yourself and sit with your, your future of the, the next like 12 months or so. So yeah, let's get started. So for me, I am hugely goal oriented. That's really what motivates me to get to get up in the morning, to get things done, is what do I need to accomplish in the day? And how does that add up to the weeks, to the months, and to the years? And it goes into your larger goal. And as we all know, usually if we're in the healthcare industry or as physicians or as students or trainees, we're all very ambitious. We want to accomplish these goals. We want to set them. We want to accomplish them. And Lord knows when we fail, it hurts terribly. But there's so much growth and so much energy in doing that. So I like to look at goals as motivators for all aspects of my life. But also I also make sure that they're done in a healthy way because obviously obsessing over things you don't have control over or obsessing over goals that um, require more more time or more effort than initially thought um, cannot be the healthiest at all. So um, it's a balance, the balance between all of that. So my process for setting goals is like my five main steps. And anyone who knows me knows I'm largely in my head 90% of the time. So a large part of my steps require a lot of reflection. So let's get through like the top five steps that I do to like get through the year and how I figure out my year and, and uh, set my goals. So like I said, first thing for me, it's always reflection. Sitting sitting with yourself, sitting down, thinking about the year you just had or the weeks that you had and sitting with yourself and asking yourself like, where are you now? How are you happy where you are now? And hopefully you are. And then also, where do you want to be? And that distance between who you are today and where you see yourself in the future really should be that motivating factor of like, how do we get from today to tomorrow to next year? And so where do you want to be? What are the big things that you want to accomplish? Um, if one of the goals for an individual is I want to publish a paper off this research I've been working on in the past few years. You, that's a perfect goal to have for this upcoming year. Or if you're a student and your goal is to figure out what specialty you want to go into um, when it comes to applying for the match, um, also all adds part to it. So our, the goal is more different outside of medicine. Is it the, the number one, I think New Year's resolution is tied to fitness. That's why the gyms are so packed right now. Is it tied to that? Is it tied to mental health and well-being? Tied to finances? All those goals matter. But for me, it's like thinking about, yes, I can make a list of 20 million different ways and areas of my life that I want to improve, but trying to think about, well, what are the top, like one, two, maybe three things that I feel like I have the most control over, but I feel like would have the greatest impact. And then I feel like I actually feel motivated to want to accomplish. And so that's how I sit with just uh, sitting and sitting with yourself, getting an inventory of the things that you, where you are and where you want to be. And just really thinking about that. And then once you have had like the stew of like your own thoughts, then it's really about identifying those goals are the goal that you want to accomplish. Right. And for me, like, and this also goes with also like other things like QI methodology and everything is really thinking about like making it very specific and very measurable. Right. The more specific the goal is, the easier it is to visualize how to actually obtain that goal. Right. If your goal is to, I don't know, be healthy in a year. Very big, very non-specific. Great goal, but not very specific enough that I feel like it's easy for someone to make a plan to accomplish that goal. If your goal is to graduate 
with one of our, sorry, finish one of your clerkships and with honors, right? Or to get a letter of recommendation or to successfully take the MCAT or to apply for a new job or apply for a job. Like if any of those things are, those, the more specific the goal is, the easier, I guess it's easier it is for anyone to understand where to go to get to that goal. And then make it measurable, right? It's very... I guess it's easy to say I just want to be healthy or I want to lose weight. Well, what if you say like, oh, I just want to lose five pounds. Something that's measurable enough to be able to say that like, I actually can see where I am and where I want to be and from an objective standpoint is also very motivating and it lends to an easier way of developing a plan to actually accomplish it. So start identifying the goal, make it as specific as you possibly can and make it as me- and try to make it measurable, try to make it something you can actually achieve. And then once you figure it out, what those goal, what the goal is, or what those top three goals are for your upcoming year or upcoming time, then you go, then I go back to reflecting again, right? And this is the part of the farm where I do the five whys, which some of my friends hate me when I, I do this to them or what, but I do it to professionally and personally. And the concept of it is literally asking the question why five times about a specific thing. What the goal is that by the time you get to your fourth or fifth why, you would have at least identified a decent amount of understanding as to the motivation behind the goal itself. So for example, if we start with the like so start with an example of, oh, I want to publish a paper based on the research I've done in the next year. The first question is, well, why do you want to publish a paper? And the answer could be, well, because I, I really think my research is important and other people should know about it. Well, why should other people know about it? Well, perhaps it can progress the field of emergency medicine if people understand the study that I've done. Well, why is that important? Because it maybe can largely help most patients that come across. And keep going on those whys. It, And you may come down to the end of it. You're like, wow, this is really, I feel really invested in this goal. And I've been able to defend to myself why this goal is so important. The flip side also may happen is you may get to the the fifth why or the fourth why and be like, yeah, I don't know why I want to do this. It could be like, oh, I really want to lose five pounds. Why do you want to lose five pounds? Because I would look better in my clothes. Why do you want to look better in your clothes? Because that's the right thing to do in America. I don't know, right? So and for some people, you'll get to the, the fifth why and, and it makes perfect sense. And sometimes it doesn't. And that's the whole point of the, of the five whys is to really be a litmus test of how strongly motivated, how important it is for you to achieve this goal and to make and to force you to be more thorough in your evaluation of that goal. So you want to ask yourself, what's the motivation behind it? And can you actually achieve the goal that you want to set up for yourself? Part of the why is, is it feasible from a motivation and an intrinsic standpoint? And the other part is, is it even objectively isn't it possible if it's possible? If, if your goal is to publish a paper in a year and you haven't started the project, depending on how big the project is, it may not be possible to, to get your paper published in a year, right? They're thinking about what's possible is really largely what's in your control. Submitting a paper is... And the timeline is largely based off editors and reviewers. So once you can say, maybe not to get it published, maybe to get it submitted to a journal by a certain time, because then at that point in time, you have control over it. And whether or not it gets published is largely outside of your control. So those are some things that help to refine your goal and to make it a, bit, a lot stronger, a lot more intrinsically tied to what you want out of life. And number four is the plan, right? Nothing gets accomplished without a plan. I'll never forget, I went to a... Uh, public health conference, I think ooh, maybe like 10 years ago. And one of the keynote speakers was talking about leadership and, and how to motivate teams and to accomplish projects and to get those things done. And the individual spoke about leadership to understand, sorry, the individual spoke about two, two parts, right? The goal and the path or plan to get to the goal, right? So if your vision is to get to the island that's all over there, because you can see that island, 
but you have no idea how to get there, then your team in, in team, including yourself, probably won't know how to get there. Same thing down. If you have your head down and you just know to walk this path and it'll get you somewhere. Well, you don't really know what the overarching goal is. Um, and so with the whole point, uh, that I think about is like, that's the point of the plan is that you have your vision. You, the first three steps, you figure out where island you want to go to. You figure out what that major goal is. And now it's really thinking about, well, how do I get from here to there? And the same thing goes with identifying the goal. The same thing with the plan for me is trying to make it granular, trying to make it very small steps, break down a big problem or a big goal into smaller, more doable steps. So let's go back to our, our publishing a paper example, right? If the first step is I want to finish the or finalize the literature review by X date, I want to um, start my introduction at X date, I want to do my discussion by X date, like taking the components of the paper and breaking it down to the point that you like your overall deadline is to submit the paper and right or which I belong, but which is like a year or six months, depending on how you know complicated that um, research is. If that's that's the case in breaking that down to that, you can then you can see where your mile markers are. So if you said that you were going to finish this literature review and introduction in about a month and you're about six weeks out and you haven't really gotten to that point, then you know you're falling behind and try to think about, well, why am I falling behind and how do I catch up to make sure I meet the next mile marker, which may be to finish the discussion and, and the methodology section uh, and too much from then. Um, the mile markers help you identify where you are in your progress. They also help motivate me and and hopefully you as well. And understanding that, well, I, yo, I got, I did, I just finished this whole thing in four weeks when I thought it was going to take me six. And that's great. Now let's go, let's get to the next one. Let's get to the next one. So one small thing, it leads up to another small thing, which leads up to a bigger thing and a bigger thing. And before you know it, you have this snowball that's rolling towards the end goal. And by having the small wins and celebrating the small wins, and knowing what the next win needs to be, it makes it much easier to figure out how you're going to get there. So set mile markers, make it granular, and make sure it's leading up to what your overall final deadline is. The deadline is super, super important. How many times we've been in, either in college or med school or, or some of us who went to graduate school where we have like a paper deadline or we have a product deadline. And oftentimes they're flexible, but how much pressure do we feel the night before or the day before the deadline? And we are just putting in all that work we wish we put in two weeks ago when we first knew about the project. Deadlines matter. They do motivate you. And if you're able to draw out some of that like procrastinistic energy and put it into a month ago and feel like our, our, our set multiple small deadlines, then you can use that energy to hopefully propel you to get to what that goal needs to be. And then finally, the last step, number five, which I think is the most important step, and it will probably be one of the few things that allows you to meet other goals as well, is celebration. Celebrate every single win, no matter how big, no matter how small, celebrate it. If that's a pat on the back to yourself, if that is telling your friends, your colleagues that, yo, I just finished the introduction or telling your mentor that's helping you, celebrate those wins because that is adds to that positive energy, that, that motivation to get you through what you need to do through the next part of it. And then identify the areas where you fell short, right? Like, not every goal is going to be achieved. Not every goal is achievable on the timeline that we set and not every mile marker we're going to be able to meet. But being flexible with yourself and being kind to yourself about like, hey, I really wish I had finished this, in, this part of the paper two months ago. Now I'm really behind. I got to move my deadline back. But it happens. Identify why it happened. And hopefully it's within your control to fix that. But don't beat yourself up if, if you don't get to the, where you need to be. You are in charge of your own goals, the wins and the failures. So celebrate the wins. Give yourself compassion for the shortcomings. 
and just keep it moving, keep it pushing. So yeah, that's my top five things. So always, number one, reflect, figure out where you are right now, where you want to be. Number two, identify the goals, make it specific, make it measurable, make it something that you really can understand well and can really mark for your plan. Number three, go back to the reflection. Not even identify those goals, like ask yourself the five whys, like what's going on? Why do I need it? 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 And is it even possible for you to even get the goal that you want and the timelines that you're thinking about setting it? Number four, figure out the plan. Like I said before, can't get to the island if you don't know how to don't know how to get there. So start start small. Start with multiple steps for a big problem. Set those mile markers, and then number five, celebrate those wins. Every time you get to the mile marker, if you get to that, you know, a weekend, and you're like, wow, I really got it. Or even if it's the day, if it's if it's, I just need to send these emails by the end of the day. Good, you got it. Tap yourself on the back, and then pay attention to the next one. The small wins lead to big wins, which leads to you accomplishing your goal. And make sure you celebrate and share it with others. So that is my five steps to setting goals, I guess is the way I would call it. Like I said, it's an imperfect method. It works for me. It's constantly evolving, but hopefully it helps you. Hopefully it resonates with you or at least can add to your toolbox of things that you want to accomplish. And we'd love to hear. So take the time to write us at the Black Doctors Podcast. Take time to review us. We'd love the reviews. Five stars are great if you can on anything that you're listening to. Also, feel free to drop us a line on the website. There's a part where you can send a recording. Send us about the goals that you set and, and how you've accomplished them. And, we'll, and importantly, like how you dealt with the failures or the shortcomings when you didn't accomplish them. We'd love to hear from you. So enjoy 2024. 2023 is behind us. There's so many things that are going to be upcoming this year. I hope it's great for each and every one of you. And I can't wait wait for the conversations we're about to have this upcoming year. So this is Nate Jones from the Black Doctors Podcast, the show where representation matters. Happy New Year.